Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Now, I have given up everything else, which I knew to be the only way to really know Christ. I haven't learned all I should, but I keep working towards the day when I will finally be all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. 2020, knowing him more and more, knowing me. Welcome to your Carl House and now, a senior pastor, Reverend Gilbert Osei. Hallelujah. Okay, we bless God for the privilege to share in the gospel. Lift up your right hand. See after me, say, Jesus, I thank you for tonight. Oh, come on, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for tonight. I receive insight, revelation, knowledge, wisdom in the things of the Spirit. Wisdom in the things of the Spirit. So I know my inheritance in my call as a child of God. I, I grow in knowledge and in grace. I see Jesus in the word of God. And in seeing Jesus, I see myself. Christ is glorified and I'm edified in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so we continuing our series on are you listening to the spirit of God are you listening to the spirit of God I said to you that is an rhetorical question more or less to be sure what you are listening to is the spirit of God or to pay your attention to the fact that God speaks, are you paying attention? Are you listening to the spirit of God? I said, sometimes the reason for such a question is some people are quick to say God said. Some people are quick to say, I remember in the early 90s, uh, there was a book that spoke about the Holy Spirit and the fact that even if you are going to urinate, you have to tell the Holy Spirit. When you wake up in the morning, you say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Can I eat Tom Brown? Or you want me to go look her? And the Holy Spirit said, will say to you, um, today I'm in the mood for a loka. Can we do watch it? So, it's very common in my few years of being in the charismatic ministry, where people are quick to say God said. And as Christians, we have to be sure 
that what you are claiming to be God is truly God. So are you listening to God's word? I sometimes get very fascinated when people can hear the Lord, maybe another Lord, because the word Lord means so many things. And, but they claim that the Holy Spirit or maybe a spirit give them little numbers and if you you send them momo the spirit to be activated to give you your special number so these are questions that sometimes a believer can even be confused and be asking questions if i dream and the holy spirit gives me a number I've had people say to me that there's a sort of feeling they feel when something bad is about to happen. Somebody even said there's a particular tooth. That anytime she feels it's shaking, she knows. Some of these things are demonic. Until you are taught properly, you'll be confusing yourself. You'll be confusing yourself. So it is important we use the word of God to properly teach us to hear if truly what we are listening to is the word of God. Jeremiah, let's start from Jeremiah today. Let me just say this. I... Wanted to overlook it, but it's still very strong in my spirit. Mm. Jeremiah, chapter 10, the verse 23. Jeremiah, chapter 10, verse 23. Mm-hmm. O Lord... I know that the way of man is not in himself. He says, Oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not where? In himself. In himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. It is not. It is not in man to direct. His steps. It is not in man to direct his steps. So first thing you need to jot down that this is a fundamental fact about humanity. It is, this is a fundamental fact about humanity. That one, the way of man is not in himself. Two, it is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. It is not in man to direct his steps. Again, this is something people hardly know 
until you show them from God's word. This is something that people hardly know until you show them from God's word. That man actually, as much as he says he's independent, he's not. That man actually, these are things you need to show a man in God's word to understand. That in as much as a man will say he is independent, he is not. Because the way of a man is not in himself. It is not in man to direct his steps. Are you following? The way of a man is not in man. It is not in man to direct his steps. And I said... That man actually, as much as man will say he's independent, he's not. Why does pastor say that? Because when you look through scripture, from Genesis through the epistles, there is always light and darkness, good and evil. There's always somebody is doing good, or somebody is doing bad. There's always the left side or the right side. What I mean is that there is no neutrality. There's nobody who is in the middle. There is no neutrality. It's either you are walking by faith or you are walking by law. It's either you believe or you are non-believer. It's either you are God or you are the devil. There is no neutrality. Better still, there is no neutral man. There is no neutral man. There is no neutral man. If there is no neutral man, then again, there is yet to be a neutral action. There is no neutral man, there is no neutral action. There is yet a neutral action. There is no neutral man, there is no neutral action. Are you following So if you understand the sequence of what I've said, you should get where I'm going. That by the scriptures, there is a fact in humanity that the way of man is not in himself. And that man is not as independent as he thinks he is. The reason being that all through from Genesis to Revelation, There's always a choice. There's a side. There's either light or darkness. God or the devil. Action or inaction. So you're either committed to church or you are not. And inaction is still by influence. 
That is to say, whatever action we take is inspired. There is always an inspiration in every action. And that inspiration is not in man. That's a serious matter. There is always an inspiration to every action of man. And that inspiration is not in man. Read the scripture again. Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 23. Jeremiah chapter 10 the verse 23. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord, oh, I Lord. know that's the way of man. I is know not... that the way of man is not is in not himself. in himself. It is not in man. It is walketh, not in man that walketh to direct his his steps. That walketh to direct his step. The word step there means a firm or a resolve. A firm plan, sorry, or a resolve. A firm plan or a resolve. So there is always an inspiration in every man. And that inspiration is not in man. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Very interesting. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. Mm-hmm. And, and you hath he quickened. Take away the italicized words and listen. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. And you... Who were dead in trespasses. And you who were what? Dead in trespasses. And sins. And you were in sin. Wherein in time past. Wherein in time past. You walked according to the course of this world. You walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. You walked according to what? The prince of the power of the air. You walked according to. Meaning, when somebody is not saved, he is controlled by the spirit. Continue. He says, you, come on, start again. Ephesians chapter 2. I am saying to you that there is no action of man that is not inspired. And that inspiration is not in man. You either inspired on the left or on the right. Then we are looking at an unbeliever. And Paul says, when we were unbelievers, we were dead in sin. Yes, we accept that we were dead in sin. But he opens our eyes to why we acted the way we acted. Continue. Ephesians chapter 2 verse Mm 1. And you... Who were dead in trespasses and sin, mm-hmm. wherein in time past mm-hmm. ye walked according to the course of this world. You walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power you walked of the air. according to the instructions of the power of this air of the, the power of the air. The spirit that now the spirit that now worked in the children of disobedience. So if you were a child of disobedience, you were walking according to what? The spirit. Continue. Verse 3. Among whom also we all had our conversation. Among whom also we, we were also at a point being controlled. 
by the same spirit in times past that is inspiring the actions in the last of our flesh in the last of our flesh fulfilling the desires of fulfilling the, the desire so somebody can boast i am a man of my own choices they are lying they are being inspired are you following me a man's way is not in himself man's ways. It's not in himself. That means every human being is spiritual. But it determines what kind of spiritual you are. Every human being is spiritual. That's why in chapter 6 verse 12, look at chapter 6 the same Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. Mm-hmm. For we rest for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, mm-hmm. but against principalities, mm-hmm. against powers, mm-hmm. against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. It's not something in the air. It's nothing. There is nothing in the air. He's just talking about unseen influence. Unseen influence. All this Kwanasi story that demons in the in the air, masa masa. You have to follow reading to understand what he's saying. They are unseen spirits that inspires the action. If the princes of this world knew they wouldn't have killed, he was not talking about spirits. Human beings who were inspired to kill an innocent Jesus. Because they were in a place of authority. Princes of this world. They had a right to determine whether should we crucify Jesus or not. Are you following? So, actions of men are inspired or influenced spiritually. Things of men. So even when somebody is saying, me, I don't believe in spiritual things. He's just arguing for nothing. In fact, it is the influence of the devil to make people think there is no devil. (laughs) The devil influences people to think he doesn't exist. And keeps them in a spiritual stage of bondage. So that spiritual reaction, I don't believe in this, I don't believe in this, it's a delusion by the devil. I said denying the devil is the devil that makes you deny him. Denying the existence of the devil is the devil that makes people deny him. Let's look at 2 Corinthians. Chapter 6. I'm just building a point for you to understand the essence of listening to the voice of God. You can be wrongly influenced and you are not knowing. As we go on in our studies, you would answer a question. Can a Christian yield to an evil spirit? Can a Christian yield to an evil spirit? 
to surprise you to know that the same chapter Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, is the same chapter. Jesus called him Satan. Get thee behind me. Same chapter. Same chapter. Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Let's look at it. Matthew chapter 16. (laughs) Matthew chapter 16. From verse 17. Verse eh? 17. Mm -hmm. And Jesus answered and said unto him. Jesus answered and said unto him. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee. Mm-hmm. But my father... He says flesh and blood has not given you this revelation. Peter has yielded himself to be led by the Spirit of God. Uh-huh. But my father which is in heaven... And I say, and I say also, unto, also unto, unto you that thou art thou Peter, art Peter. upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall... Look at verse 21. From that time forth... From that Jesus, time forth, Jesus... Began Jesus to show unto his disciples mm-hmm. how that he must go unto Jerusalem uh-huh. and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes mm-hmm. and be killed and be raised again the third day. 22. Then Peter took This him same Peter took him up and began to rebuke, rebuke him, him saying, be it, be it far, far from, from you. Thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. <laughs> But he turned and said unto Peter. What did Jesus say to this same Peter? Get thee behind me. Get thee behind me. So one minute he has yielded to the voice of the spirit. The other minute he is yielding to the voice of the devil. One minute. He's yielded to the voice of the spirit. Receiving revelation. The next minute. That is why it is not I used to pray. That what impacts you is what you are practicing. So when people are bragging about what they used to do, when their highest moment of Christianity is in their past, I laugh at them. You are only influenced by what you are doing. So if you are, imp- you are praying now, you'll be influenced by what you are praying now. What you are being taught now influences you. When you leave a gap, when you are inconsistent, it will show in your actions and in your decisions. It's as simple as that. One minute, Peter was being praised as hearing from God. The next minute, Peter is being rebuked like Satan. So we don't stop praying. We don't stop studying. I used to evangelize. Pa. These people, they say, I feel no mama. You are just canal. And the devil is deceiving you. Don't let what you used to, when you used to be very efficient, be in your past. No. What are you doing now? When was the last time you went for evangelism? When was the last time you prayed all night? When was the last time you stood interceding for people, fasting? 
When was the last time you yielded to the voice of God? One of the things I've noticed, you can easily be trusting the wrong person because you think you know their track record. There are several things we are going to learn in this work. Some people are using their credentials to interpret the Bible. And they have stopped praying long ago. I have been in ministry for not long. But trust me, in these 26, 27 years, I've seen that sometimes you can get tired of praying. So you don't stop. Sometimes you can get lazy. And the moment you hit that road, it can be seen in your choices. Can be seen. So the reason why a pastor will be on your head consistently is that we don't take a break. Because when you take a break, it is difficult to recover. Some took it lightly and they are struggling. They took it lightly. And they are struggling to come back. By the time they want to catch up, they are, they are, they are lacking behind. And they are losing desire. It is something we do always. When we wake up at dawn, don't think we are mad. We are keeping it up. Sometimes we are tired. You think we are not human beings? Some days my body is sick. But I still, sometimes I'm so tired, I'm struggling to open my eyes. But I tell three or four people, always make sure every five minutes you are calling my phone to just stay, to make me stay awake. Because I have to keep going. Even as a pastor. So when did you become a professional? And you think you have arrived? It's a deception. I said the decisions we take, the actions we take, are always inspired. So if it's rebellion, ask who is inspiring that rebellion. When pastor says this, you say that. What is inspiring what you are doing? What is inspiring? What is inspiring your dishonesty? Your dishonor? What is, this, what is inspiring your rebellion? What is inspiring your lackadaisical way? What is making you feel you have a special problem? What is making you feel you are different? Let's go back to where I came from. Second Corinthians 6.14 Let me get to my message. I'm not there. I'm still finding my introduction to today's teachings. This is still introduction. So I said to you that a man is inspired to go left or go right. That there is no neutrality. There is no neutral man. You are not partially a disciple. You are a disciple doing what disciples do or you are rebellious. It's as simple as that. Me, I don't like doing this. 
Disciples don't tell their disciple how they want to do it. You are instructed, you obey. But some people, they have their way of doing their thing. And yet they call themselves disciples. The disciples of Jesus, they didn't come with the suggestion of how. They wanted to be discipled. As we go on in our series on why you should be in a local church, you come to understand. The disciples of Jesus were not going to listen to another preacher man somewhere. The reason why they could be identified with the fact that they had worked with Jesus and were called Christians was that they were good students of what Christ did. You can see a confused person when the person listens to everybody. Some people, they have their church pastor and then they have their spiritual father somewhere. Some people are so wise that their pastor says something and they go and ask another person, what if what my pastor says you agree? (laughs) Ignorance is a fool. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Look at how Paul made that demarcation. He says what? Be ye not unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. He calls those who don't believe as unbeliever. That's nice. He says what again? For what fellowship? For what fellowship has what? Righteousness, righteousness, and uh, so you are either righteousness or you are unrighteous. Uh-huh. What communion has light? You are either light or you are darkness. So any unbeliever, whether they accept it or not, they are known as unrighteousness. They are known as darkness. So when a Christian wants to marry darkness, something is wrong with the Christian. In fact, you are heartless. To see somebody whose father is Satan and then you are going to marry Satan's daughter or Satan's son. That's the fact. Nobody will tell you as it is, but that is what it is. If you marry Satan's son, Satan is your father-in-law. Did you not hear Jesus say, you are, you are of who? Your father who? The devil. Truth is painful, but that's I didn't write it. I'm just right. Please continue. Verse 15. And what concord, what concord has Christ, Christ Belia? and Belia? Or what part had he that believed? What part has he that believed with, with an, an infidel? infidel? Continue. And what agreement hath the temple of what God? What agreement? You are known as the temple of God. What agreement do you have with what? Idols. That means if somebody is not the body of Christ, the person is what? Temple of idols. Continue. 
Because you are the temple of the living God. Of the living God. As God hath said. And God has said them, amongst them. He says, come out from amongst them and be ye thou what? Separated, says the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing. That means they are unclean people. Hear me. In the high of an unbeliever, who knows so much, but rejects the gospel. In the high of an unbeliever, who knows so much, but rejects the gospel is a temple of idols. In the height of an unbeliever, in the high of an unbeliever, who knows so much, but rejects the gospel is a temple of idols. And that's the reality. You should understand that God is not everywhere and in everybody. It's not true. God is not in your shoe. God is not in the unbeliever. And since man is spiritual, if God is not in the unbeliever, something is in the unbeliever. That is why you that have the spirit of God in you is known as the temple of God. And he that does not have the spirit of God, the unbeliever, is the temple of idols. Is somebody here? That's the fact. That's the simple fact that every believer must know. Are you here? So last week we said a few things in line with, are you listening to the voice of God? One, that direction is crucial, or direction is a crucial part of our Christian walk. Direction is a crucial part of our Christian walk. Direction is a crucial part of our Christian walk. Again, we said that direction is not as a result of prayer. Direction is not as a result of prayer. That direction is a function of our of the redemptive sacrifice of Jesus. It's a function of the redemptive sacrifice of Jesus. Direction 
is not as a result of prayers, but is a function of the redemptive sacrifice of Jesus. Why did I say this? In John chapter 8 verse 12. John chapter 8 verse 12. John chapter 8 verse 12. Mm-hmm. Then spake Jesus again unto them saying. Then spake Jesus again to them saying. I am the light of the world. He says I am the light of the world. He that followeth me. He that followeth me. Shall not walk in darkness. Shall not walk in darkness. But shall have the light of life. But that person will do what? Have the light of life. Are you following me? That Jesus is the light of the world. Light means direction. Light means direction. So if Jesus is the light of life, when the believer receives Jesus, he has received life and light. He has received life. He has received light. That is when you believe in the gospel, You receive the life of God and you receive the light of God. When you believe in the gospel, you receive the light of God and then you receive the life of God or you receive the life and then you then get light. Why do I say that? John chapter 1 from verse 1. John chapter 1 from verse 1. In the beginning was the word. Said in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And the word was what? God. And the word was God. Mm Mm-hmm. The same was in the beginning. The same was in the beginning with, with God. God. All things were made by him. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was and made. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. We said, he said, in him was life. And the life was the light of man. And that life that is in him was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness. And the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehended And the darkness not. comprehended him what? It's no. not. Now, it was ma- key things, very important things that you should note when you read John's account. Is that first he says that in him was life. He uses a pronoun, right? 
referring to the word as a person. He says the word is a person by saying in him. In the verse 3 and verse 4, he started referring to the word as a personality. He refers to the word as a person. And he says in him was life. So if the word is a person, that person has life. And then he says the life was the light of men. So, when you read down, he says the word became flesh. It was amongst you. We know that it was Jesus you was talking about. That means when you receive Jesus, you receive the life of Jesus and you receive the light of men. When you receive Jesus through the gospel, you receive his life. Anybody that receives Jesus receives his life and his life again we said it was eternal in nature. His life was eternal in nature or is eternal in nature. The life of Jesus is eternal in nature. And again, it is light. So you can't have Jesus and lack direction. You can't have Jesus. And then you lack direction. Because his life is direction. Because his life is the light of men. His life is direction. Jesus' life is direction. And then there are several scriptures that proves to us that we have received the life of Christ. John 3.16. John chapter 3 verse 16. Mm-hmm. For God so loved the For world. For God so loved the world. That he gave his that only he begotten gave son. That he gave his begotten son. That whosoever believeth in that him, whosoever believed in God's Son should not perish. That person will not perish. But Why? Have everlasting that life. person will have everlasting life. So how does one get everlasting life when one believes in the begotten Son? Is that clear? If you believe in the begotten Son of God, you receive 
his life. You receive his life. John chapter 10 verse 27 and 28. John chapter 10 verse 27 and 28. Mm -hmm. My sheep hear my voice. He says, my sheep, they hear my voice. And I know them. And I know them. And they follow me. And they follow me. And I'll give unto them eternal life. And I give unto them what? Eternal life. Eternal life. And they shall never perish. And they shall what? Never perish. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Neither shall any man pluck them from. So he gives his sheep. Eternal life. Jesus gives his sheep eternal life. And I explained to you the reason he gives eternal life is because his life is eternal. So he can't give you his life that is not his life. If you receive the life of Christ, if you receive the light of the life of Christ and the life you receive is not eternal. You didn't receive the life of Christ. If you receive the life of Christ and it is not eternal, then you didn't receive the life of Christ. Because the life of Christ is eternal in nature. Are you with me? The life of Christ is eternal. Are you with me? Let's go to Romans chapter 8. From verse 8 to 11. Romans chapter 8, verse 8 to 11. Mm -hmm. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. They that are in the flesh, they can't please God. But ye are not in the flesh. But when you have received the life of Christ, you are not in the flesh. But in the spirit. You are in the spirit. You are of the spirit. Eh? If so be that if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of because Christ, because if any man does not have the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He is what? None, none of, of his. his. And if Christ be in you, and if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. The body is dead because of sin. But the spirit life because of righteousness. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. For if the spirit of him that raised up if Jesus the spirit from the dead of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body. So everybody that has received the gospel also receive the spirit of Christ. Everybody that received the light of everybody that received the life 
or received the gospel, sorry, received the Spirit of God. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. Mm-hmm. But when the fullness of the time was come, mm-hmm. God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law. Mm-hmm. To redeem them that were under the law. To redeem them that were under the law. That we might receive the adoption of sons. That we might what? Receive the adoption of sons. That we might receive the adoption of what? Of sons. So when you believe the gospel, the spirit of Christ is sent into your heart. When you receive the gospel, you receive the spirit of Christ. First John chapter 4, verses 13. First John chapter 4, the verse 13. Mm-hmm. Hereby know we that we dwell in him. Hereby he we know us. that we dwell in him because... And he in us. And he because in us. he has given us of his spirit. Because he has given us of what? His spirit. His spirit. Mm-hmm. Verse 14. And we have seen and do testify that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God, God dwelleth in him. Anybody in who God. confesses that Jesus is the son of God. What happens? God dwelleth in him. God dwells in that person. And he in God. And that person is in what? God. In God. First Corinthians 3.16. First Corinthians chapter 3. The verse 16. Mm-hmm. Know ye not that your... That you are the temple of God. Mm-hmm. And that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. And that the spirit of God does what? It dwells in you. The spirit of God dwells in the believer. The spirit of God dwells in the believer. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 8. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 8. Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself. He said he has abounded unto us in all what? Wisdom and prudence. In the redemptive sacrifice of Jesus, direction is part of the believer's life. First Corinthians chapter one verse thirty. First Corinthians chapter one the verse thirty. Mm-hmm. But of him are ye in Christ. But of him are you where in Christ? You Jesus, are in Christ Jesus. Who of God is made unto us wisdom? Who of God is made unto us what? Wisdom. So Jesus is made unto us wisdom. And righteousness. And righteousness. And sanctification. And sanctification. And redemption. And redemption. So you can write this point. Jesus is our wisdom. Jesus is our wisdom. 
Jesus is our wisdom. He has made him unto us wisdom. Next point, Jesus gives us insight and foresight. Jesus gives us insight and foresight and helps us. Jesus gives us insight and foresight and helps us make proper use of our hindsight. Jesus is our insight and foresight and helps us make proper use of our hindsight. Jesus is our insight and foresight and he helps us make proper use of our hindsight. If Jesus is your insight and foresight, he will help you make proper use of your hindsight. So there is no confusion in Christianity. The Christian can't walk in darkness. The Christian can't be confused. Or better, so should not be confused. The Christian should not be confused. There is no room for confusion in us. There is no room for confusion in us. There is no room for confusion. There's no room. The believer does not pray for direction. Direction is ours in Christ. The believer does not pray for direction. Direction is ours in Christ. Direction is ours in Christ. Are you following me? We don't pray for direction. Because direction is ours in Christ. Because we have Christ. But this is the key. You can write it this way. We only pray to know. We don't pray for direction. We pray to know his leading and guidance. We don't pray for direction. We pray to know his leading and guidance so we can see it and walk in it. We don't pray for direction because direction is ours in Christ. But what we pray for is knowledge. Just like the knowledge prayer. I cease not to pray for you. Make mention of you always in my prayer. That the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. So you may know. So what we pray for is to know his leading. We don't pray that God lead me. Because the moment you are in Christ, you are being led. His leading is in the spirit. And his spirit you have. So you can't have his spirit and pray that he should lead you. If you don't have his spirit, you are none of his. If you have his spirit, you are being led. But what you pray for is to know what he's leading you to. It's like forgiveness. 
You don't pray to be forgiven. You pray to know you are forgiven. And when you know you are forgiven, you walk in what you know. You don't pray to be blessed. You are blessed. He starts by saying, Blessed be the Lord God of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. Then he comes to 16 and says, I cease not to pray for you. That even though it is done, you have to acknowledge it. If you don't know what you have, you can't walk in what you have. If you don't know what you have, you can't walk in what you have. You don't know what you have. If you don't know what you have, how are you going to walk in what you have? So, if you don't know God is leading you, how would you follow his leading? So you pray to know his leading. You don't pray that he should lead. If you are praying for him to lead you, then you are not his child. Because they that are led, they are the true sons of God. So if you don't need to be led as in you are praying, Father, come and lead me. If you are now praying that Father, come and lead me, then you are not his son. But because you are a son of God, you are led by God. And he says, what proves that you are a son of God is that his spirit is in you. If so, be that the spirit of God dwells in you. But the spirit of God, it does what? It dwells in you. That means you are always being led. But I have to know his leading. And when I know his leading, I can recognize it and then I can walk in it. Is that clear? So just like we pray for knowledge over things that we already have, we pray for knowledge to know his leading. So I don't pray to be forgiven. I pray to know I am forgiven. When the eyes of my understanding are enlightened, I know that I was forgiven by virtue of his redemption. So I don't pray that God lead me. I have to know that because I am his child, he is always leading me. I have to recognize. So the believer has to recognize. I have to recognize his leading. Is somebody here? What I'm saying is that the only way I can know his leading is to recognize what has been done in Christ. I have to come to a place to know that one of the benefits of redemption is direction. So that maybe before this teaching, you thought direction is when you go and fast and pray and you cry and beg God. But the teaching has brought you to a place to understand that direction is an inheritance. Direction is part of your redemption package. So it's not something that is going to start now because you are praying. When you pray, your eyes will rather be enlightened to his leading. Is somebody following? So what I'm saying is that God has always spoken to you. 
you are not paying attention. So we are not going to pray that God speak to me. If we pray that Father, I want to go to Kumasi, speak to me, then we are now letting our prayer make God speak. But I'm saying to you is that God is always speaking. It is you to recognize what he's saying. Are you here? Philemon 1.6, Amplify. Philemon 1.6, Amplify. Philemon chapter 1, the verse 6, Amplified. Mm. And I pray that the participation in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition. And He says, I pray that your participation in your... Philemon chapter 1, verse 6. Mm-hmm. And I pray mm-hmm. that the participation in and sharing of your faith... He says that the participation... That means the activity of your faith. What you do in your Christian work. What happens to it? May produce and promote. It will produce and it will promote. Full recognition. Full recognition. And appreciation. And appreciation. And understanding. And understanding. And precise knowledge. And precise knowledge. Of every good thing. Of every good thing. That is ours. That is ours. In our identification with Christ Jesus. In our identification with Christ Jesus. Unto his glory. So when I recognize what God has done in Christ, when I am able to recognize, I will be able to, this is very key, when I'm able to recognize what God has done in Christ, I'll be able to recognize his leading. Did you hear that? When I am able to recognize what God has done in Christ, that will help me to be able to recognize his leading in and through me. When I'm able to recognize what God has done in Christ, I will be able to recognize his leading and guidance in and through me. And then I'll be able to walk in them. It's very, very simple. You just have to pay attention. The moment I'm able to recognize what God has done in Christ, that will enhance and enable me to recognize his leading and his guidance. Then I'll be able to walk in his leading and in his guidance. So to walk in the leading and guidance of the spirit, I must first acknowledge and recognize what God did in Christ. Simplified again. That means my effectiveness in my Christian work is my ability to acknowledge what Christ has done. So if I'll be effective in God's leading, I have to first acknowledge what has been done in Christ. Do you know why? Because the believer is not seen outside of Christ. So everything that concerns you must begin and end in Christ. 
I have to understand, God can never lead me outside of the finished work of Christ. Practical example. You can never have a direction to go to your village, your mother's house, and go and dig. Some things they are buried because your destiny is tied there. Because every leading you have must not contradict what Christ did in Christ. What God did in Christ. Do you understand what I just said? God will never lead you outside of his finished work in Christ. You were not led by God. An evil spirit spoke to you. Because God will not lead you outside what he has done in Christ. That every leading of God is in line with what God has done in Christ. Because your identity and direction is in Christ. Is somebody following? I take that again. I said, you have to recognize what God did in Christ. That is redemption for you to be able to recognize God's leading in your life. When you are able to recognize what God did by the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, what you became what you possess, that will help you, enable you, enlighten you to know God's leading and God's guidance for your life and for you to be able to walk in it. Then I said, God can't lead you outside of what Christ did. Pratica, pratica. Every leading of God has to align with the gospel. Let me say it as worse as it can be. God can never direct you to have a job that will take you out of his work. No, 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 no. God will never direct you to go after money that will prevent you from coming to church. Nah. So next week, some of the key things we'll be talking about. The first point of call of God's leading is in the written word. The first point of call of God leading and guiding you is by the written word. The written word is a yastic. To the leading of the spirit. What I simply mean is that God can't direct you to contradict what is written in the Bible. The written word is fundamental. Is the foundation to God's leading. Better still, one key way God leads us is through the written, the written word. One key way God leads the believer is through the written word. 
Practical example again. I have met a man. He's a very good man, generous. He's paying my mother's, my mother's rent. He's doing this. I, I, I want to pray. If God, God, if it's your will, I should marry him. And the first key thing is that the man is an unbeliever. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, be not equally yoked with an unbeliever. What conquer? So, when you are praying that God, should I marry an unbeliever, you are just praying in disobedience. You are just a disobedient person who wants to hear voices. Because God does not contradict his word to please anybody. So the easiest place to find God's direction is in the written word. So, when you are going to take this, you have to ask yourself, what is the motivation? I think God has given me this opportunity. I'll get a lot of money so I can support the gospel. You think you are deceiving somebody? You are using the gospel as a caveat to disobey. If your decision is motivated by salary rise, you are not led by God. If one, the main reason why you want to take that job is that what you used to take before, it is tripled here. And they have told you that Sundays we will work. And there are disciples who are depending on you. You see, people have taken decisions that jeopardizes people's eternity. And Jesus said you can't serve two masters. He says you can't serve mammon and God at the same time. When the reason your commitment is affected is because of money, you don't need to pray to ask God. You are just a disobedient person. When what is directing you is your need. Need is number one. Need, need, need. May he adhere. I've had people say, I just want to do this last job. Then from next month, they never finish. No problem ends. Oh, let me put it in a better way. Problems of life are not ending tomorrow. All I'm asking God is if I'm able to marry, then I'll be stationary and then I'll do, you're lying. When you marry, you come and tell us another excuse. When my children start school, Papa will be free. Align. They will start school. You tell me you don't have anybody picking them from school. They will go to when they grow up and go to university.
So where we are ending to continue next week is that the written word is the foundation of all leading. So we will find out what is the written word. And it will be birthed out of why John called Jesus the word. The written word is the foundation for every form of direction. The written word. Second Corinthians 3.16 says, All scriptures are inspired by God and they are profitable for what? Doctrine, teaching, correction, instruction. So, if I want to be instructed what to do, what not to do, how to do, how not to do, there's no better place than the scriptures. Instruction is direction. Oh? So if the scriptures are for instruction, a lot of people have been directed by their emotions and they thought it was God. We will deal with it. One of the biggest deceptions in Christianity is that people think God's voice must always be spectacular. The man of God said he wanted to hear God's voice. There was thunder. There was lightning. The Bible says, but God was not in them. But there's still small voice. Some are using fleets. Like what Gideon did. Let it rain. Let it touch the grass. Let it not touch the fleets. We don't do inner anymore with God. God's voice is very clear. God's voice is very clear. Anytime you are hearing two voices, God is in none of them. Very key things I'm telling you and will be explaining in days to come. Sometimes it's not two voices. So you are hearing many voices. God does not speak in confusion. I'll end with this statement. It is better to be behind God than to be ahead of God. It is better to be behind God or be ahead of God. Let me put it in a better way. It is better to be slower than God than to be quicker than God. There are some things you think it is now. 
The fact that God told you today doesn't mean it's now. If you really know God, something he wants you to do in 20 years, 10 years, he can tell you today. So a believer must know when, how, what, and why. Well, let me start in a better way. A believer must first know what, how, why, and when. A believer must know what God wants him to do. How God wants him to do it. Why God wants him to do it. And then importantly, when. The fact that everybody is doing doesn't mean you should do. People have approached me, we should start a Bible school. People have approached me, we should write, you write a book. People have approached me, I should be, even recently I was approached to be the head of whatever, whatever, whatever. Make sure men are not directing you for you to think it's God directing you. There are some things you are saying now, you shouldn't be saying them now. It can be a good thing, but said at the wrong time. Why have I told you that there are certain topics I'll teach you in two years' time? Not everything God tells you about people, you have to tell them. Some things God tells you just to pray for the people. Not everything God tells you, you should open your mouth to say. Never forget this. Not everything God tells you. Let me put it in a good way. Not everything God tells you to do is to be done now. One. Not everything God tells you to do it should be done now. Not everything God tells you to do is to be done now. Two. Not everything God tells you to be done it should be done by you. Not everything God shows you to be done. God can lay it on your heart that evangelism should go on in Legon. It does not mean it should be you who should do it. Three. Not everything God tells you, you should say. I have been in the prophetic ministry for 26 years. I'm telling you this. It's not everything you see. It's not everything you hear by the Spirit. Your mouth should say it. It's not everything revealed to you about people. You should go to them to tell them. 
is not everything you know by the spirit. You should say it now. Hmm. I'm giving you gold. You have no idea. It's not everything that you should talk about it now. The how, the why, the what, the when. God bless you. Rise up. This was a message from the General Overseer of Yakal House, Reverend Gilbert Osei. We are available anytime for prayer, support, and counseling. Please don't hesitate to call us on 0544-600-600. That's 0544-600-600. We love you, and there's nothing you can do about it.